Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible study in the book of Revelation. Tonight is study number seven of Revelation chapter three. And we're currently reading verse three, which says, Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. We have uh, looked at the first part of this verse, and now we're going to look at the second half, which begins with with the statement, If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. The Lord Jesus has given the command to the churches to watch. That is, to keep lookout. Where were they to do this? Were they to uh continue gazing up into the sky, looking for Christ coming in the literal clouds? No. The the only place that believers are to watch is in the Bible. That's the only place that the coming of Christ can be seen through the scriptures. And and that's where believers were called upon to watch. And why watch? Why watch in the Bible? I mean, that's a good question, especially if we listen to what the churches say and, and what others echo, that no man knows a day or hour. You can't know anything about the coming of the Lord. In other words, plain and simple, don't concern yourself with the timing of Christ's coming. Uh, they say, well, he might come today, uh, or he could come any day. That's how we're to live, as though the Lord would come today. Now, of course, the truth is that although that saying that Christ could come today or tomorrow or any day, therefore live as if he's coming today, is absolutely nothing but lip service. The churches and congregations prove that on a daily basis because they do not in any way, shape, or form, live as though Christ were coming today. They do not live in the fear of God, and we know this due to their failure to keep the commandments of God, to follow what the Bible says. They they follow their their own ideas and their own doctrines and gospels, and and they would not do that if they truly thought that Christ were coming today, there would be much more fear in, in doctrine and in life. And today, basically, the church people of the world, which number almost two billion, cannot be distinguished between the rest of the inhabitants of the world. That is, they are so similar, they behave the, the same way, that you can't tell uh, who's a child of God and who isn't. Uh, when when looking at professed Christians that are in the churches and congregations for the most part, they they live just as the world. They do not live as though Christ were coming today. They live as though Christ won't come for a thousand years, as a matter of fact. They live as though Christ will never come. And that's the fruit of that doctrine uh, of believing no man knows a day or hour you can't know, and and uh, therefore 
And what it does is provide comfort to the people of the world who who are in the churches that they can continue living in this world which they love they they love this world they're attached to the world and they're friends of the world and they don't want the world to end and so the doctrine that you cannot know the time of Christ coming in the end of the world is comforting to them many doctrines that theologians develop in the churches if if they do look into the timing of the coming of Christ place uh, his coming far off after maybe a thousand years uh, a nice long space of time in which we can continue to enjoy the things of this world and yet god uh, here is telling them to watch be watchful he said in verse 2 and now he's saying if you fail to watch if therefore thou shalt not watch the the churches were responsible they had a duty to keep watch but how could they ever keep watch and and let's finish that thought uh, with this doctrine of no man knows a day or hour how can you properly watch how can you watch at all if when you take your post your position in the watchtower uh, you you have your trumpet yes you have your instructions get up there and keep an eye out uh, in the word of god in the bible and keep watch because the lord jesus commands watch therefore for his coming now get up there but oh by the way before you climb up here are some additional instructions that we the church are giving you uh, do not think that you can ever actually see his coming because you can't the bible says no man knows a day or hour and therefore if you're inclined to blow that trumpet uh, be sure not to give a certain sound you you might blow some maybes and some possible scenarios and things like that uh, but but do not give any certain sound you are not whatever you do to say that that you can see Christ actually coming and and pinpoint any sort of time no don't do that at all now go ahead get up there and basically what has the church done with its instructions it's not the instructions of god we shouldn't be deceived by that in any way and of course god's people aren't this is nothing but the instructions from the men of the churches what have they done by giving these additional instructions they have ruined the watch they have made their watch of no effect they have made their watch in the bible useless and a complete waste of time their their watch is of no value and god actually mocks this idea in the book of isaiah in chapter 56 when he says in verse 10 his watchmen are blind they are all ignorant they are all dumb dogs they cannot bark sleeping lying down loving to slumber now just look at how ridiculous it is to have a blind watchman and yet that is exactly the case with the churches and congregations and they they have made sure their watchmen are blind you you get up there but you can't see anything remember that and not only that but they're like dumb dogs 
Only God can write this way. Only God in his perfect wisdom can describe things so accurately and descriptively as this statement. Certainly a dog, as we see in junkyards and other places, are used for security because they bark. They sound a warning with their barking and they scare off thieves. And here God says, they are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. What good is a dog if it's used for security purposes if it cannot bark? It cannot sound a warning at all. And this is the case with the New Testament churches and congregations. And we saw this verse come to fulfillment right before our eyes in the days leading up to Judgment Day itself, the day when God would shut the door to heaven, the day when he would end salvation for this world. And in the time leading up to this most um, serious of days, the most intense day the world has ever known, it is the end of salvation for this world. And what was the church busy doing? in the time period that God had given leading up to that point. Were they warning their congregation? Oh, you had better get right with the Lord. You had better seek him. You had better cry for mercy before this day come upon you. You had better um, get on your knees and, and cry out to him for all it's worth. Were they warning their neighborhoods? Were they sending forth missionaries crying, the the day is at hand, the judge standeth at the door, and the door is ready to be shut. No, they didn't do any of this. They spent their time opposing the word of God, opposing the will of God, as he had his people carry this message all over the earth, and in nation after nation, the church would rise up in opposition. It wasn't the people of the world so much. Sure, they would mock and revile, but it was primarily the churches and the pastors and the elders and the deacons and the people that inhabited the pews. They were the ones saying, no man knows a day or hour with loud voices. They were the ones who were spending their time quoting superficially, by the way. They, they didn't dare delve into the truth of that statement. They didn't dare uh, look to see what God could mean by that. But just superficially, casually, they quoted a verse as if doing so uh, would be like a wave of their hand to make it all go away. And they fulfilled this verse that they were blind watchmen. They were dumb dogs that could not bark. They were of no value whatsoever to the poor people of this world. As a matter of fact, they were used by the enemy, by Satan, as a means of condemning the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. They, they were used of no good whatsoever. And, and so that day come, came upon them. That day came as, as the Lord says, as a thief in the night, you know, um, in Revelation 3, in the verse we're looking at, 
If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And we have to remember that, first of all, that Christ is speaking to the church at Sardis and to all the churches and congregations, to the corporate body. They were commanded to watch throughout the church age, to keep watch in the Bible and to search the scriptures to find, is Christ coming? Let us continue to read Daniel. Let us continue to read Matthew 24 and Mark 13 and Luke 21 and the book of Revelation and the book of Jeremiah and Ezekiel and everywhere else. Let us keep watch in the word because, after all, the Lord did say to Daniel, after giving him very definite visions concerning the end of the world, seal up these things, Daniel, until the time of the end. And then knowledge shall be increased. And and the church ought to have been aware of that. Of course they were. They had some uh, very faithful theologians in their day. They had some true believers that searched the scriptures. And they were aware of these statements to Daniel to seal up the word until the time of the end. With the implication being at the time of the end, the word, the Bible, would be unsealed and information would be learned. As Daniel goes on to say, the wise will understand, Daniel, but none of the wicked will understand. And and so they should have been looking and waiting. Is this the time when God will unseal his word? Let us keep watch. Let us continue to search the scriptures and and wait upon the Lord for his timing and his season of these things. And, and uh, in doing so, if they would have watched, then they, uh, they would have been ready at the proper point as God did finally unseal the Bible. And he opened up the scriptures to reveal the judgment upon the churches and congregations, first of all, as judgment began at the house of God. And they they would have realized, oh, it it's the judgment upon us. This is how it begins, as First Peter 4.17 tells us. Judgment begins at the house of God. And they would have understood, we must get out. We have to flee the church and and get out because... The Spirit of God has left and forsaken us. You know, this is why the Lord says in Revelation 2, in Revelation 2 and verse 5, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Here, the Lord Jesus is warning the church that if they do not repent, there will come a time of judgment and the judgment will be the removal of the candlestick and the candlestick identifies with the light of truth of the gospel with God himself who is the light of the world and here Jesus is warning, look, you 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 have to be faithful or 
I will come in the proper season and visit for these things and judge you. And that's exactly what the Lord did. He brought judgment upon the churches and congregations at the end of the church age. And we know that Christ came as a thief in the night for the church. They were completely ignorant of his coming. So much so that after the Lord came, as the church age ended on May 21, 1988, and he began judging them at that point, that the judgment of God continued for 23 full, complete years until May 21, 2011. And now the church is continuing under the judgment of God as they are a part of the world, and the whole world is being judged. And yet, even though the judgment of God during the Great Tribulation period has come and gone, the churches are completely ignorant of the judgment that came upon them. They they didn't know it while it was happening, and they don't know it now. As it says in Luke chapter 19, in verse 44, And shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Isn't it something that Christ came as a thief in the night, as he had warned, if therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come upon thee as a thief. And he did so, and he came as such a masterful thief, as such a brilliant thief, that they were not even aware that they were robbed of the light of truth, that they were robbed of the Spirit of God, that they were robbed of salvation, that they were robbed of all the rich spiritual blessings that are in Christ Jesus. Christ came and took them all away from them, and they do not even know it. He has robbed the gospel light from the churches, and when the judgment transitioned from the church to the world, he came as a thief in a similar way as he did come upon the church, and he has likewise taken the light of the gospel and removed it from the entire world. This is what the Bible means when it says that Christ comes as a thief in the night. It says, for instance, in First Thessalonians, in chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, and I'll start reading in verse 1. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Now, in this passage, God is revealing that he will come as a thief in the night, yes, 
but that his people will not be caught in that way, that the Lord will not come as a thief in the night as far as they're concerned. Well, why not? Because the wise will understand. Because the Lord God will do nothing, Amos 3, 7 tells us. But first he revealeth his secret unto his servant, the prophets. The Lord brought the judgment of the flood, but first he forewarned Noah. Specifically, Noah knew the day and hour. Yet seven days, God said to Noah, and I will bring the floodwaters. And Noah, in turn, warned anyone that would listen, but they did not listen uh, outside of his family, and therefore the judgment of God came upon them as a thief in the night because they ignored it and dismissed it and thought little of it. And and this is how God has worked all through history. It's why before destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, he first warned Lot, and Lot was able to escape with his wife and his two daughters before the destruction of fire and brimstone fell. It's why God sent Jonah to Nineveh to say, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed because God always forewarns before he brings destruction. And we better believe it, that it is a destructive thing that God has closed and shut the door of heaven, even though it's an invisible thing and something that cannot be seen with the naked eye. Yet the fact that God has ended salvation for this world is a very horrible and destructive thing. And God did do that as he had forewarned and as he had declared and proclaimed to all the nations of the earth in an unparalleled way in the days leading up to Judgment Day on May 21, 2011. Now let's also look one last place in this study in Revelation chapter 16. And it says here something very interesting that relates in verse 15. Behold, it says, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Now, obviously, Christ is speaking of spiritual things in this verse. Notice it says of watching. If you watch, uh, blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments. Garments in the Bible point to the covering of sin. As we are clothed, the elect are, with the righteousness of Christ. And that righteousness covers over our transgressions and It is our spiritual covering, our spiritual garment. And so the Lord is saying, Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And this is not speaking of physical nakedness. It has nothing to do with that. It's a spiritual statement indicating that when Christ comes as a thief in the night, that he will come and remove the garments. He will come and remove the covering of all professed Christians that are not Christian indeed, that have never been born again. 
as he will finally separate the wheat from the tares. He will come and remove the possibility of covering the sins of anyone else as he concludes his salvation program for this world. And and this helps us to see as Revelation 16 is dealing with the day of judgment upon this world and not just the judgment on the church, but the judgment on all the inhabitants of the earth, that the judgment involves the removal of that which covers over mankind's spiritual nakedness. It involves the removal of Christ, the removal of the Spirit of God, and the shutting of the door of heaven.